everyone. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the La Familia Ayahuasca podcast. It has been quite a while, and there have been many changes. I think it's been over, almost over a year since our last podcast. That said, we've been keeping an eye on our audience, and it looks like uh, people have been listening to our old stuff, and so we hope that uh, our new stuff will keep, keep you happy and interested. We are going to be changing the La Familia Ayahuasca podcast to the Heal Your Tribe podcast. And this is um, because we are no longer in Guatemala, and we have... Uh, we, we've talked about Heal Your Tribe on this podcast before, and this is our combo practitioner training uh, program. And we also do um, combo sessions and without, without the training as well for those who want to join us for that. And um, you know, that's our focus now here in the United States is Heal Your Tribe. And that said, this, this new podcast... Uh, under the new name, we'll st- we will still continue to talk about ayahuasca, and we will still continue to talk about um, dietas, and we also delve into some other areas um, closely related, particularly around spirituality and health and alternative health and so forth. So um, we're going to be expanding the content or the breadth of the the subject matter on the on the podcast. As I mentioned before, there's been a lot of changes. Um, I do want to say before we get any further that I'm sitting here. I'm not here alone. <laughs> I'm sitting here with uh, my lovely wife, Jess. Hello. And Krista. Hello. And Michael. Hi. And one of the things that has happened since our last podcast is Michael, down in Joshua Tree, California, on one of our retreats, proposed to Krista, and they're getting married. So super exciting on that point. And we have put some roots down. Um, We are in what we like to call a temple space uh, on on the edge of Portland, Oregon. Um, Super excited. That's a big part of this podcast as well. So I think what we want to do first is kind of fill you in on what has happened since we left, or the process of leaving leaving Guatemala and uh, you know, making our way up here. It's been a long, long journey. Uh, interesting. We, we hope not to get too in the weeds uh, in filling you in, but here, here we go. And I, I think uh, I'm going to hand this off to Jess to talk about... Um, yeah, the background. All right, I'm going to time travel for a minute. <laughs> we were in Guatemala and everything was great. <laughs> it was wonderful. And then we did a dieta. And when we came out of dieta... A, a dieta, by the way, is, oh, yes. is, is about seven days of going into isolation and working with... Um, a specific plant that we're dieting. There's a podcast on this if you haven't listened to it already. But just to get, like, you know, we, we had no communication with anyone when we went into the seven-day dieta. Right. It's, it's seven, seven days 
diet of tech technology as well. There's there's no technology involved, so we were very much in isolation. And when we came out of isolation, it was like planes were being grounded, and like travel restrictions had come about, and it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, the the world is kind of exploding. And then there was a period of time where we couldn't you know we couldn't really travel around in Guatemala either even from village to village just a mile away um, we were very much isolated in our um, in the temple space where we were working at that time and then so we did another dieta <laughs> anybody want to yeah. talk about what happened after that one well so we went into that dieta and when we came out of that we look at the news about the states and all of the Black Lives Matter protests were happening. It was right after George Floyd was killed. I literally, the day after. Yeah. Everything was on fire. I looked at my news right. feed and I was like, wait a second. The United States, is, all the cities are on fire. What the hell is going <laughs> on? Jeez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it made the prospect of dieting very, very scary. It's like, what is happening every time we go into dieta? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was nuts. And at the same time, we had, um, part of the, the impetus is we, the space that we had in Guatemala, lovely, lovely space, and... Uh, some things that happened there. We won't go into those details, but we no longer had that space. And um, one would think that around Lake Atitlan, getting another space to do, to run ayahuasca retreats would be relatively easy, but that is not the case. In fact, that is another big subject of this conversation: um, is how important, how challenging it is to find an appropriate space. Uh, for this kind of work, uh, both ayahuasca and combo, and um, how hard that is, how how you know, yeah, how challenging that is. So, you know, one would think, oh yeah, you just just a big enough space to fit so many people, blah blah blah, and it's more than just the uh, the, the physical location. It's the people. It's the energy. It's the uh, yeah energetic getting on the same wavelength uh, is immense, and we'll we'll, we'll get into that, that yeah. more. That, again, that, that's kind of a uh, side 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 trip we just took there. <laughs> <laughs> we did have kind of a, a final retreat um, yeah. down there, which was really interesting because as we were going into that retreat, travel was shutting down like even even to and from the villages it was shutting down yeah. so how are people even going to get to the final retreat that we did and we actually had some really interesting stuff yeah. happen, which i'll let zach yeah well i mean so so yeah it was right in that transition so we had several people who had made it into guatemala ready to go um and we had already essentially paid for the place the, the space that um, so we're like well let's just go ahead with I think that it ended up being five or six people um, which was lovely <laughs> and the rules were changing every day as to whether or not people could move from village to village 
and um, two of our guests, uh, actually Alistair and, and JR, who, have they been on the podcast yet? No, we've been on there. Been on they the have podcast. a podcast. What's the name of their podcast? Far Out uh, Couple? Yes. Far Out Far Couple. Out. So, <laughs> JR is Julie Roxanne. Yeah, Julie Roxanne, by the way. Um, anyway, they were in a village across, directly across uh, the lake from us. They could not get a taxi from their house to our village, but we found out that um, they could get a boat. Now each village had their own uh, had their own rules, and so it was okay for the boat to show up on that end and to pick them up. But on our end, or on the receiving end. They had cops kind of patrolling the beach, but we had access to a private beach so that they didn't have to go to the public dot where they would have totally gotten in trouble. Um, so it was like a James Bond movie. Uh, I, we were kind of nonchalantly hanging out at the, the private dock they were at, just kind of acting like we're hanging out at, at our own house. And then here comes this single solitary boat because there were no boats allowed anywhere, anywhere on the lake. But it was just cruising right for us. They come up to the edge of the dock. We grab their stuff. They jump out. And I send them with a bunch of uh, or a couple of porters up to the, the temple. And I go a different direction so that we're not such a big group of gringos. <laughs> <laughs> it was just this whole thing. that It was just very, very James Bond. Um, and uh, I was wearing my sunglasses the whole time to kind of round out the experience, the look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was um, it was a crazy, crazy last uh, getting the retreat going. Once we were in retreat, then it was it was it was it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, it was it was cool. Yeah. And then that. So we had the BLM protests, and then we were just kind of like, well, what do we do? Do we just sit here? I, it, Lake Atalan's a wonderful place to hang out and wait out, and uh, um, yeah, but at the same time, we were kind of um, wondering what, what, what to do. So, yeah, we, we tried to do a couple of um, iterations down in Guatemala of, you know, when things were open, you know, things started to open up a little bit um, in uh, in terms of tra- in travel within the, in Guatemala. One could get out, but things were pretty much shut down until last September, in terms of getting in November or something like that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we did a couple of like you know, locals only, but. Locals being other gringos who were on the lake, um, and were like, you know, maybe we could just do this kind of thing, but it just didn't seem sustainable. And yeah. I think we're, to be completely transparent, I think I just got, I got stir crazy. Like, I can't just sit here and not be working. <laughs> um, as nice as, I mean, because we had a good solid two and a half, three months where we weren't working which uh, did allow me the time to get the heal your tribe stuff done, done. Yeah, yeah yeah and you know it gave us time to like we really solidified i think as a family down there the four of us ah uh, yes um and that was really that was really great 
too. Just getting to do a lot of personal dietas, a lot of personal work. We worked a lot with Julie, Roxanne, and Alistair down there, and um, you know they've become a really important part of our family too. And so the time spent there wasn't at all bad. Mm -hmm. It was really important. And then we also had time to think about, well, we don't know when travel's going to open up. We don't know if and how it's going to open up. And we kind of, we had to be born again some other way. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was, we probably would have been just fine if we would have hung out there the whole time but I, I don't think it's in our nature to, to do that it's certainly not mine <laughs> you're not I alone <laughs> I have to take 28 days to decide whether I leave or stay yeah, it's, yeah. it's a process but you had that time so I did yes, yes. Um, Michael if you follow human design Michael's a uh, he's, a he's a reflector we can't go into the human design rabbit hole right yeah. now, but those of you who understand what a reflector is, you will be like, wow, Michael's a reflector? <laughs> <laughs> it's a unicorn. Um, but, uh, yeah, and so we started playing around. First, we came up with with the idea for Heal Your Tribe. That was our first step, right? And uh, doing the Putting together the content... Um, and then we had uh, Teresa, or still have Teresa, in, in Dallas to get things going in terms of the in-person practicums. And then, um, yeah, then we started going, well, what, can, what if we just, what if we went back? Because we could get out. Uh, it, it was not impossible to get out. It was getting people in that was the problem. And so we started going, well, what if we went back to the United States and... Um, and a lit. And got some travel trailers. Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah, the idea came, uh, why don't we just get an RV and a truck, you know, a travel trailer and a truck, and then we go around doing... And of course, this is at the same fucking time that everyone else in the United States decided they wanted to get an RV as well. <laughs> and Little we were tour. all obsessed we no with idea. sourdough at the same time that everyone was making yeah, yeah, sourdough in the U.S. Yeah. too, which was funny. Yeah, it's true. We're um, trendsetters. <laughs> or sheeple. Or sheeple. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we... Michael and I in particular we kind of came to the conclusion this was a good idea um, didn't turn out to be but uh, or it did but not in the way that we it, it was great it was a process that unfolded and everything that happened happened exactly as it should have to bring us to the point where we are now yeah where we are no longer in the travel trailers <laughs> yeah. we are no longer <laughs> traveling around but we got to have those experiences that I think continued to help solidify the four of us, yeah. five of us, including Bodhi, as a traveling family unit yeah. trying to figure things out. Uh, seeing, you know, to, to your point earlier about the energetics, and it's not just, you know, where you're doing this work, but it's who you're doing this work with, with yeah. how you can communicate. It gave us all an opportunity to start ironing out some things yeah. that were there. Yeah. To, okay, so kind of back, he, Michael kind of jumped ahead, but it was fine. Um, we ended up 
coming hatching this plan. Oh, we'll get travel trailers and trucks. And as it turns out, Michael and I got the almost the exact same truck. <laughs> <laughs> Badass trucks. The sheep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little sheeple bubble. Uh, <laughs> um, don't regret the truck, that's for sure. Um, love my truck. Yeah. Uh, never thought I would love a truck. Uh, that's a, such a weird thing for me. It's like, what? I drive a diesel truck and I love it. That's insane. Anyway, get, getting off, off, off track it. Anyway, so we come back to the United States. Um, Landing in different places initially, seeing our families and so forth, um, buying trucks, picking them up, buy, finding RVs. Uh, well, one RV. Uh, Michael ordered his RV. Uh, it <laughs> <laughs> took a whole birth cycle. Yeah, exactly. He, he couldn't just go out and buy a, a normal RV. He had to go get a very special RV, which is. <laughs> Also a great decision. Yes. Just the timing. The time's off, yes. Um, And we ended up, uh, you know, first going to Colorado where we had an opportunity to have uh, access to a space um, that uh, was okay. I mean, it it checked all the boxes, right? Big, big open space for... For, for the work, um, space for sleeping, for all the guests, um, space for our trailer so we could sleep out there. Um, but yeah, it just didn't, uh, it was not our space. And consistently we have found that, and, and this happened in Guatemala. Um, there's one exception, Gua- Shad at Bamboo House. Uh, is it Bamboo House? No, it's... It's the, the bamboo. The bamboo. It's the bamboo guest house yeah. in Sununa, Guatemala. Ten out of ten. Shad and his staff know what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. That was. They've been in working with with owners of spaces uh, who are directly involved. Um, he was amazing, and we wish we could have stayed with him. There was a noise issue that was out of his control, um, and I, we all highly recommend him and love him dearly. So shout out to Shad. Um, shout out shout out so but the, the, back to the point being is, is that we were just as we were moving around I mean, we, we went from Colorado to Texas during the snowmageddon oh my <laughs> in a trailer but luckily we yeah we, we weren't in the trailer the whole time as as, as Austin was melt or freezing over and melting but uh, it we were extremely lucky. We we lost power in the apartment we were staying, but we had water and we had access a to gas a gas stove to keep us warm. So it sucked, but it sucked better than some people had in Austin and Dallas. Um, then we you know, we had some good adventures. We went to Big Bend National Park. We went to um, Joshua Tree. Um, Sequoia, yeah, the southern tip of the Sequoia National Forest. Um, we went to Sonoma, uh, or Sedona, Sonoma. Sedona. <laughs> we went to Sonoma too. Uh, Sedona, and met, met Krista's parents, which is cool. Um, but and then you guys, what? You, y'all had some offshoots as well, didn't you? Have some? We went to Park City and Salt Lake City yeah. when we went Boise. to go Boise. Yeah. Once we finally got our trailer, uh, 
I ordered the trailer for what it's worth when I was still in Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, we did not get it until after we had left Colorado and gone to Joshua Tree and gotten engaged. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we had some fun offshoots there and in Eastern Oregon yeah, as well. Yeah. And so this whole time we've been doing retreats um, in, throughout these, these places that we, we mentioned. Um, I, I do, I want to talk a little bit about, about the sequoia. Uh, yeah, because I'm going to embarrass Michael right now, but that's another thing that's happened, <laughs> is that he has fluoresced into a maestro, and he, he is fantastic and is, is just, yeah, amazing. Yeah, well, and to give you some background, Michael is part of our training mandala uh, to be a facilitator and um, in our lineage the it may sound shocking to some but in our lineage um, the practice of doing dieta that is dieta with uh, various trees and plants um, is the foundation it's not number of ceremonies um, Again, there's there is a podcast specifically on dieta um, a few episodes back. If you're interested in getting more detail there, but so Michael has been just going gangbusters on doing dietas, um, essentially kind of doing it the same way. Although it's hard to do it the same way. I I was down in the, when I went through my training. I was down in the jungle. And I just did dieta, 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 just bam, 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 bam. Um, he almost is able to do that, um, but it's not as easy, but still, it doesn't matter. He's just been he's been going to Peru, working with Slocum Dena Amaru Spirit, um, working not only doing dietas with, with, with Slocum, but also st- uh, getting into studying uh, tobacco and becoming a tobacco through that uh, lineage as well. So, <clears throat> yes. I'm going to shout out to Krista, too, because she is our most recent master combo practitioner, and she is badass as well. Uh, yeah. More to come on master combo practitioners. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so um, that kind of brings us to current time. Um, you know, and, and who, who wants to talk about the realization I mean we talked about realizing that we needed our own space and and we were on our way to Oregon kind of going this travel trailer thing is cool and everything but particularly with a three-year-old it was you know I thought it was going to be a simplification of my life being in a travel trailer being on the road it's the complete opposite. <laughs> it is like the most complicated, okay, where do we, we have to plan ahead to go where? And, oh, we have to like either find a spot or reservations or, oh, and wait a second, I've got a leak in my fucking, you know, RV I got to fix or, oh, I got to go get propane or, oh, I got yeah. And at the end of the day, when you're doing that, you're in this tiny space that when you start booking things... It's like, wow, I could be paying rent somewhere <laughs> yeah. for this amount. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, at least on Krista and I's side of things, uh, Krista, bless her heart, in the nicest of Southern ways, 
Like, just needed space to do her movement practice, yeah. to have that be consistent. Mm-hmm. There's not space in a trailer yeah. to really lay out your mat and do yoga. Uh, there's not a place to work out and to do your personal practice of trying to be in stillness and silence while a three-year-old yeah. <laughs> is waking up and you've got to cook breakfast about two feet away from where you're trying to sit and meditate. Where yeah. your neighbor's uh, generator has been going all night long. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I think we had all kind of been thinking about the future. What does what is life asking us to do, inviting us to do? When will this end? When will this end? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, please. Well, yeah, kind of, because it's like, it, it, it go, I, mean, I would say my, all of our physical health probably dropped a couple of notches as we were traveling around just because we couldn't do our normal exercise and, and our mental health with, with our practices. Um, I'm mean, sure we were doing retreats, which kind of fills in some of that gap, um, but it's certainly not what we're used to in terms of taking care of ourselves. Um, so um, at first we were just like, oh, we're going up to Oregon as our last scheduled stop. We weren't sure what we were going to do. And we're, I was like, I started to be like, hey, uh, Jess, do you think we can like stay in Oregon all summer? <laughs> and then it was, hey, it's probably a better deal to rent a place for the summer if not what a, well maybe longer <laughs> and then then we started talking to to um michael and krista and, and it was a resounding yes let's do that um and again it was it was like well do we just get a spot for ourselves it would kind of be equal to what we pay for rent with the rv combining the with with all combining the two families rents and it does pencil out to be a pretty nice place um and then i was like well maybe we could find a place that's big enough to have some small retreats and then (laughs) jess as we were looking started looking around jess was like what about this place i look at him like that's six thousand square feet that's huge (laughs) um and it happened to be you know, a relatively good value. Um, I mean, it's still a nut we have to cover, so to speak. But, um, but yeah, and, and we came and checked it out. I was like, whoa, this is this is cool. It has great outdoor space. The neighbors are a good distance away. We're not going to bother anyone. It's um, you know, on the edge of Portland, um, but still super accessible. 30 minutes from the airport. Um, obviously, some tra- traffic might delay that, but um, yeah, super, super, you know, so 30 minutes from the you know, Portland airport, which is um, a, a good, good-sized good airport. Uh, beautiful. Oregon is freaking beautiful. It's my home state and hometown. Um, and so we're like, yes, this is what we're doing. I love that. I feel like the initial... It's one of those things, the initial idea to collectively find a space to when we got accepted was like two weeks, which is a really short amount of time. But it was just the universe just kind of like rolling out the red carpet for us to be here. And at first I thought it wasn't because we we had two other houses that were about half the size. um, And 
we just barely missed the applications. Like they were getting snapped up. Now we're, I was starting to think, oh man, this is, you know, this is not going to, this might be a little bit of a wait for, for a good spot. And then bam, um, there it was. And this house would be so weird for anyone else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is really, when you first walk into it, it's, it's almost like it's very oddly constructed. But it's constructed in such a way that we kind of have our family quarters yeah. up in one area. And everything else is dorm space and space to do the work that we do. Yeah. And that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, Bodhi for the first time has his own his own room oh, too, yeah. which is so sweet. And uh, we have a beautiful room that we have dedicated to our practices, which I just I couldn't be any more grateful for that. Mm. Um, and just beautiful spaces for for people to be here and stay with us too. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it and we're we're you know obviously. We're ha- we ha- we're kind of done. Not not done. We we're done with the first iteration of decorating. We have really what I like to call templed it out, and I've never been able to do that to the extent that I you know we always had to uh, when we're renting other people's space they make the decisions as to what decor decor goes in there where the you know is Ganesh cool or is Ganesh not cool or you know <laughs> like, can you eat can you eat meat in the ceremony space. We have no problem with that, by the way. Uh, um, these kind of rules that you have to work around when you're working in someone else's space, and uh, including decor. And uh, um, so this, I've just been having a great time um, decking it out the way we want to deck it out. Yeah, you know, a nice analogy might be, you know, you come to, cer- to ceremony of some sort and you set up your nest. You get comfortable so that you can do the work that you came to retreat to do. Yeah. Our nest is this space. Yeah. And being able to have the nest is like, oh, I, I have the right cushion that allows me to sit up properly <laughs> and enjoy this and be comfortable. Like, we're all nesting in a very lovely way that allows us to really do the work and be of service in the best way possible. Yeah. I feel like it also kind of took the bumpy discomfort of the travel trailer living and you know the quirks of living in Guatemala where things are quite different from here to come here and for me I found like a new appreciation again of somewhere where like there's a foundation that's connected to the earth that doesn't move and space and like one of the themes I noticed in you know the last years when all the the boat stopped running and we took a boat for the first time and on the lake and it was like, oh my god, a boat ride. I just felt like this child on Christmas with my eyes wide open and this new appreciation and it took like not having that to appreciate the regularity that mm. you know we had become used to. It took having to figure out all these logistical pieces to come here and feel like for me how how much more calm and at ease and focused and relaxed I feel to know that we don't have to pack up and move and schlep and whatever and that all of that used energy can be focused on 
supporting the work, the work that yeah. we're doing and the guests that come. Exactly. So, you know, those of you who have worked with us in the past and have loved our work in the past, even when we were in one place in Guatemala, we still had to schlep stuff into the retreat <laughs> space and schlep it out. Um, now we have all, that much more energy to provide. Um, so, again, for those who know our work and liked our work before, I think you'll enjoy this this significant upgrade. Um, and it will be clear. Um, let's let's. Do we want to kind of dive into the evolution of Heal Your Tribe um, a little bit? So I, th- I think. Um, the person to talk about the evolution of Helior Tribe is Jess, and um, we'll also talk about some other offerings uh, that may be of interest related to uh, Helior Tribe. Yes. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> well, you know, Helior Tribe really came about as a. I was thinking about Tressa a lot um, as she was really coming into her own with her combo practice and really becoming the master practitioner and I was thinking of she's ready to start teaching this and how could I do it where I could support her give her the format and like support doing that as a team and and this was all happening in Guatemala yes this was happening in Guatemala and so the whole I, I outlined the course, which I had been doing in person before, and both um, Michael and Tressa were there the first time I did a uh, a Helier Tribe training, which at that time was called Combo Diksha. <laughs> <clears throat> and so I thought of it, okay, I can split this up into level one and level two, and I produced an online course, an online format, and then it was designed such that, the online part was almost, I mean, it was pretty focused on the online portion, and then you would go to Tressa to do the in-person practicums where you would learn how to actually make the gates and apply the medicine and serve combo and hold space for that medicine in a traditional kind of way. And then level two is really another step up where we do a whole lot of the shamanic initiation pieces and so far that is is all in person right now but the online portion of that is coming but as as things have evolved really the online piece has become more of a resource and the in-person part is really the more important part um, and we have started to do level one and level two together which is Again, it's a really intensive immersion in the medicine, and it's a really beautiful way to do it. And you can still do it both ways. You can still do level one and then do level two later. But when you combine them, it's it's a really it's a week of pure magic, um, yeah. and we we love to do those trainings. So can can I just kind of restate that in a different way? Um, for those who are less familiar, that is, originally it was like the instruction, the lectures, the various diagrams, all that sort of thing um, was put up online as online content so that people who had signed up for the course could view that going into the in-person practicum to actually apply what they'd learned with guidance, with direct guidance of either Teresa, yourself, Michael, uh, and, and Krista, uh, or yeah, Michael and or Chris, <laughs> um, and 
ha, you know, still being having access to that online instruction, all, all that coursework um, as a resource, that was the original idea. And then, so it went from that to, oh, we're still covering all of the um, instruction again in person such that it's, it's now doubling, you're, you're getting a review of that online information in person and being able to ask questions and depth questions and so forth. So it's, it's I, I just, I think it's beautiful because not only do you get it twice online and in person, but then you can go back and review. Uh, say someone take, you know, does the course and doesn't really dive into it right away. They get to go back and kind of refresh before they they go out and and, and, and do any sessions combo sessions with people. Yeah, and you have access to that forever, lifetime access to the online course once you actually do it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and another another thing that I think is really beautiful about that course is that we have trained now almost seventy people. Yeah. And some of the practitioners that are coming out of the course are blowing my mind. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. Um, a lot of them are going to be assisting us in our, in our trainings. Uh, so I look forward to, to having them around. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's a really cool part of this as well. Well, we probably mentioned this on another um, podcast when we were talking about Heal Your Tribe in a previous episode. One of the differences that that we have in regards to this training is is we have found through direct experience that our training on the ayahuasca side of, of things uh, involves this practice called dieta, shamanic dieta. And that practice correlates directly into combo. Now, the shamanic dieta does not need ayahuasca as part of it. Um, and it's it's kind of funny because our our lineage is we're paleros, which means we work with trees, um, jungle trees, and now also North American trees. And where do these frogs live? In, In the, the trees. trees. <laughs> <laughs> and when we're doing the combo sessions, we will bring the ikaros, the energy uh, from the dietas we've done with these trees and bring that energy in to help the combo process. Um, this is somewhat different than uh, other lineages as, as far as I know. Yeah, it, um, from my understanding as well, the way that we do things, the way that we set up ceremony and the flow of our combo ceremonies is very different um, than other traditions or different than the IAKP as well. And we do bring a lot of ikaros and other mantras even and some of the use of sonic drivers to help people move the energy. And I've really seen a progression as I've continued my practice with combo to serve combo and now teaching it, I've seen the medicine become so much stronger and even stronger as we continue to add practitioners that are doing such amazing work and, and bringing in the energy of the dietas and bringing in the energy of our ayahuasca lineage as well. Yeah. And on, the, on this point, we're now, um, as part of our new offerings, um, in in the 
combo level, particularly level two practitioner training, you do some instruction on very, very basic sound healing and very, very basic um, Icaro uh, instruction. And then we are now offering sound healing, uh, distinct sound healing trainings using holographic sound healing, which is uh, brought to us uh, through Dr. Paul Hubbard out of Austin, uh, who Jess has worked with for some time, and and she uh, can now offer actual practitioner courses, level one and level two, of holographic sound healing courses that combo practitioners can take to just amp things up that much more. And it does. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this didn't sit with Zach and I before we took the sound healing training uh-huh. and then after. But if you if you did, if you were with us before we did the sound healing training and then after, it is a game changer. It changed. We, we had crystal bowls prior to, yeah. but after the training, I mean, it, it's a real transmission. I was very, very impressed with Dr. Paul Hubbard's training, and I feel blessed and privileged uh, to be able to provide that to you guys. Yeah, and, and, and not only that, so if someone goes and does level one, level two with the combo practitioner training, is a cam- becomes a combo practitioner, then goes and does holographic sound healing with either Jess or Dr. Paul Hubbard or... Or Tressa. Or Tressa. <clears throat> um, they will be able to offer sound healing mm-hmm. as its own thing as well. So it's a really nice addition in the tool belt. Um, and and if- it's very powerful in ceremony as well because we use that in our combo ceremonies. Um, a lot, yeah. quite a lot actually, yeah. and uh, it's it's a really beautiful modality that dovetails perfectly. Yeah, and it's it's shocking. I I I have always looked at you know being coming coming up through ayahuasca and doing dietas and ikaros and all that sort of thing. I was blown away at the effectiveness of sound holographic sound healing. That protocol, how effective it is. Without medicine, any other external medicine, I should or uh, physical medicine, I should say. <laughs> um, so again, I, I can't understate. No, I can't overstate how powerful um, the holographic sound healing is as a protocol in its own right. Um, just blew me away, and I, I, I really look at some of the kind of new agey stuff uh, with a questioning skeptical eye and it's through a direct experience it's just like oh my god this is this is amazing um, so i remember one time in particular in guatemala i had been bitten by a spider and um it was the second time i'd been bitten by i guess this particular kind of spider and it always made my joints hurt and it made me tearful and achy and just horrible feeling and Zach was like, well, why don't I do a sound healing session on you? And I'm thinking in my head, you know, pretty woo as woo goes. (laughs) Um, I'm thinking, that's not going to work on a spider bite. (laughs) And it did. (laughs) That was so amazing. So just, you know. Really, yeah, really cool stuff. And then that brings us to Dieta. Um, uh, Michael, why don't you... 
talk about uh, that offering that's going to be added as well. So we will be offering plant dieta retreats. Plant and tree. Plant and tree dieta retreats. So that includes trees from the jungle that we have a good source for, like Ayahuba and Ahusacha, which is more of a plant than a tree. Shiwawaku. Uh, Shiwawaku, Kubaseba, Tawari. Uh, Lapuna Blanca. Lapuna Blanca, Rainbow Caspi. The list goes on and on, ladies and gentlemen. Tobacco. Uh, to be determined in regards to the tobacco timing. Uh, well, none of this has timing associated with it. But yes. In the near future. Uh, eventually, tobacco as well. Uh, and also some smaller plants as well have been, have been calling. So, although energetically it is not a small plant, things like blue lotus, uh, things like lemon balm, mm. or rose or other things that we're building a relationship with that aren't these massive trees but are still very medicinal and have distinct energetic effects yeah. uh, will be coming down the pipeline yeah along with some North American uh, you know, along one, with North American yeah. trees like cedar and juniper and oak yeah. uh, oak yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so again this will be an offering to um really help combo practitioners really put a, another tool in their tool belt and amp up their uh, offerings and the energy energetics that they can uh, medicinal energetics they can bring into the space and it, it again it's, it's it's shocking how um, effective bringing a dieta and those the icaros that are associated with that tree or plant that one has, di- has dieted um, into the combo session. It's like having a bigger team yeah. right behind you working with you as you serve. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've said a few times, um, and I, I really feel this, when I think about what shamanism is, what it means, it's that we're adepts at prayer. <laughs> and people want to come and, and sit with you because... You have relationships with these spirits that you can call on for their help uh, for that person, and it is it is like having a bigger a bigger team, like adding trees and and other energies to your to your tool belt. It's um, praying on behalf of the people who who come. Mm-hmm. It's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and the. Another new offering for, particularly for those who want to come to Oregon and work with Jess, uh, myself, Michael, and Krista, um, at this temple location here, we are, um, you know, previously with the the combo workshops, we weren't able to offer housing uh, or lodging, I should say. Uh, I guess housing, same thing, Um, and food. Uh, Now that's an option. So it'll be a, a, a cost add-on uh, at a price that's more competitive than, than going to, say, an Airbnb, particularly if you're out of town. Um, and I think there's a big benefit for even if someone is in the Portland area um, and they just want to really be in the space the whole time, there's, there's something to be said for that. Um, 
in addition, we can um, do sessions like some body work um, and um, sound healing as well if, if people have the desire and or need for that. So pretty exciting stuff in terms of our new offerings. Um, is there, does that pretty much cover? Yeah, well, just on the point of actually staying in the space, um, Krista, you had mentioned some benefits of just being here. Sure. Um, it's, it's like walking into a bubble and not having to extract yourself in the middle of a deep experience. So I think the work can kind of root in more deeply, and we have this beautiful, dedicated practice room and some kind of chill zones for you know, whatever helps people integrate in different ways. So when they come, it's like, you can start or help maintain whatever your personal practice is, movement or meditation or contemplation, what have you. So it doesn't have to like be separate from the experience that you're having, but can be a deep and supportive part of it, uh, which I feel can also, when people go back to their lives and their homes, it's like they got to continue the thing that's important to them or start it and kind of help to wrap it up in a nice uh, package that can be hopefully well integrated and that we're available with a growing library of both books and personal experience to help support people in whatever questions they have of, you know, what they're interested in to helping them grow their connection to this kind of mystical realm and all that it has to offer. So we have a we have extra yoga mats, kettlebells, and <laughs> books, and journals, and markers, and anything, really. Sheepskin. <laughs> Sheepskins. <laughs> Tea, and a beautiful backyard space. Uh, so just things that can help people, like, take it a step at a time, hopefully not feel overwhelmed, and really let the magic kind of weave into their lives so it doesn't become something separate from who you are, but becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. Well, well said, well said. Anything else from anybody? I've got nothing. Krista's yeah, okay. great at her Thai body work, so if you're here for a retreat, the nice thing about staying in the space is that what you were talking about with sound healings and body work, take advantage of that when you're integrating slash recovery uh, <laughs> from from the intensity of the work that you're doing yeah yeah well cool we are super excited and, and as i said at the beginning of the the podcast um we'll be now that we're in one spot uh we'll be doing more more podcasts um talking about um combo ayahuasca dieta uh, sound healing, and I, I really want to get into the you know some other spiritual paths um, that uh, go along with some of the stuff that we we've been studying on the side, kind of thing. Um, uh, that would be cool, and maybe get some interesting guests as well. Um, the uh, uh, the way this is going to work uh, for those who are, have been following us uh, on La Familia Ayahuasca uh, on SoundCloud. Um, this is going to be this podcast is released in, under La Familia Ayahuasca. Um, about a week afterwards, I'm going to switch it over to Heal Your Tribe. All the content's going to stay, 
Um, it's just going to be under Hillier Tribe um, podcast instead of La Familia Ayahuasca. I don't know how it works from a SoundCloud standpoint, what happens to the subscribers who were um, on the La Familia Ayahuasca and we switched the name, if that's going to knock you off or not. So I just want to give you all a heads up and, and that's uh, part of the reason why we're, we've done this podcast the way we have. I think that covers it. Yeah, add something? Oh, yes. I just wanted to, like, from my uh, understanding experience of, you know, if someone's like, why are you calling it Heal Your Tribe? That for me, it's because this whole human experience is meant to be a collective experience and that each person has their their vibrational frequency or their medicine that they carry and we we need a plethora of it to be happy, healthy, and whole. So we're here to kind of bring more joy and laughter and weirdness to the world together. So we hope that you join us as part of our tribe and spread the good word. Yeah, and expand your own tribe. Yeah. Or heal the one that got. Because <laughs> we all, we're all working on it, including ourselves. Yes. 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 All right. Thanks again for taking the time. And we will be back to you uh, on Heal Your Tribe podcast. And you can check us out at healyourtribe.com. And we will talk soon.
Pura, pura 